So we're in Sunnyside, Queens. We're not yet Stockholm Studios. No, far away from Bushwick. We've moved on. Um, it's been three years since the last LPB show. That's, that's been a while. It's still out there. It's still out there, and people are still listening to it. I, I check in on the um, stats every once in a while. We even got a shout out from John Feinstein at Humble Arts. He made a list of photography podcast to listen to so you know people are still talking about it but there's a lot of other podcasts out there now these days for photography i think of magic hour podcast there's the real photo show handful of others obviously i didn't remember john's full list but it seems like you know photography and photo land have followed the podcast boom because everyone has a podcast in New York City, right, Tom? Yeah. Who would have thought an audio podcast about something so visual? Right. I mean, we, we really, I think, you know, we did it right in cutting it up into the two parts, having people bring the photo books. And when I look back, I really, I enjoyed the aspect where we didn't know what people were going to bring to each episode, you know, and everything was kind of a surprise. Um, and that brought in a lot of variety and diversity of the books. And to me, when we look at it as a curatorial project, um, I think it's a pretty interesting way to curate books. You know, when I look back at it, maybe, maybe we could have cut it down or edited it. Could have, would have, should have. In retrospect, you're always going to do that. Yeah, I, th- that's I think true. we did okay. There were some rougher, rougher moments, even even for Audio Land here. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm proud of what we were eventually able to accomplish. I really like how you framed it as a, a portrait of a conversation. Yeah. I think that as the format of you know in those in those days in those early days of the podcast renaissance, you know, the conversational podcast really was what most people were doing. And it wasn't until, um, what was the true crime podcast that really oh, took serial. Off, serial took off that those produced storytelling and narrative podcasts, um, became more of the prestige of it. It know? turned a lot more people on the podcast as well. And it got them more comfortable with the medium rather than podcast. What's that? <laughs> yeah. 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 So, but now it, it truly is, um, I would say, maybe a podcast bubble. But everyone has a yes. podcast, and there's every <laughs> type of podcast, politics podcast, people talking about... I prefer wave. Let's ride the wave. Ride the wave, yeah. But, you know, I've, we've been talking about, you know, for the last couple of years, it's like, well, we, we want to do something. We want to get back into it. And, you know, that's kind of how the LPV show started. We talked about it for a year, and then eventually got around to it. Before we got to Sunnyside here, we... We've been running some experiments. We went some places. Pointed a microphone at things. Yeah. So since our last show that we did was all about photo books, we didn't want to totally give up on that because we're still very passionate about photo books. Since we started doing this, I was like, you know, I want to find some specific books about New York City, about walking, psychogeography. So I'm tapping into, you know, the social network, the people I know to, to see what they have. And... Uh, the first, um, you did talk about finding these books yourself, but you spent about two months being like, "No, I think we have to go out." And yeah, find we ha- we have to go and find them, and I really am. I'm all, I'm I'm kind of like set on this search and getting into people's apartments and looking at those collections. It's kind of the opposite of what we did. <laughs> Good before. scam. 
where they brought the books to us. Now we're going to go out and find the books. So the yeah. first, I sent out a call and I got a um, ping back on Instagram from Brooklyn photographer Matthew Shanning, and he invited us over to his place in Greenpoint to look at a couple books that are um, very pertinent to um, the conversation on Central Park. So here's our combo with Matthew. Great, so we're here in Greenpoint with photographer Matthew Shanning. Hey, how's it going? So thanks for having us. Yeah, definitely. We really appreciate it. So I put out a call looking for the specific Friedlander book, the Olmsted book, and I put it out on Instagram stories, um, just seeing if anyone within the network had the book. And the first time I did it, no one responded. Or somebody yeah. out in Seattle <laughs> responded, and I was like, I don't yeah. that's a little bit too. And then I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this again. And then you were like, hey, I have the Papa George book. And then you said you might be able to get the the Olmsted book for us. So how yeah. how did you come about getting like both of the books? The Papa George book, I you know, I've had it since it came out. I don't remember if I got it at the Strand or whatever, but I'd been a fan of his work. And when I saw this book, I immediately was like, needed to have it. Um, I think I had that feeling too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really the epic kind of like view of Central Park and leisure and like recreation really kind of captures all the different like ways people use the park in that very kind of classic street photography way, you know. There's reason it's kind of gotten the acclaim over the years. I didn't really think Central Park was that quirky. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, for, through our work, I mean, we did a lot of research on Central Park. We made our walk and, like, we found the different kind of, like, historical sites and some of the art and those sort of things. And I think just kind of, like, tying it into a work of art like this is really kind of interesting. So in your own work, have you? I know you shoot a lot around New York City with, like, yeah. large format and, like, you're in and out of parks and things like that as well, too. Have you shot in Central Park at all? Uh, very minimally, um, I have thought a lot about making it into my own project of shooting in Central Park, but you know, it's you kind of go where you go, and it, Central Park is one of those destination kind of places that I just haven't made the effort to go to as much. But eh, I'm sure I'm going to make some more pictures there. Yeah, it's it's the same thing. I hadn't gone for you in like maybe once a year for a couple of years, and then I was like, I really got into the Frederick Law Olmsted and parks, and I go to a lot of parks in Queens, and then like landscape architecture. So reading the book on Olmsted. All right, let's dig into this the history of the park and like how it came about and those sort of things. It's like super interesting. So oh, I think yeah. like ha understanding like anything in New York, you understand the deeper history. You know, gives you a new perspective. On it. Yeah, for sure. I, I used to actually work at the Met, right in Central Park, of course. And there was, while I was working there, a show of Olmsted's drawings, like architect, landscape architecture drawings for some different parks in Central Park. And I sort of got, you know, really interested in it then. And as a result, got really interested in Prospect Park. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, yeah. that's what they, you know, said was their best one yeah and it, i mean that's prospect next park's on our amazing. list yeah it's next on our list we want to do we wanted to hit prospect park for sure we got a lot of other parks in new york city but I, the one i want to go to is the um Port the emerald necklace oh. in boston which is really supposed to be epic, and he designed that one as well, too. So that kind of ties in nicely to the Friedlander book because the, the nature of the whole Friedlander book is that he went to all of Olmsted's parks and just made leave Friedlander books. So how, yeah. how did you get your hands on the Friedlander book? Well, the Friedlander one, 
I actually brought it from work <laughs> because um, I work for a gallery and our bosses have an epic library. Nice. And I had remembered that I had looked through it there before and I was like, knew that I could borrow it. So that's yeah. how this yeah. one came to arrive in my apartment for uh, you know, time being. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That's and then amazing. I'll go back to the library yeah. next week. Well, that's a definitely added perk of like the job. Huh? I have an access to like not only seeing amazing art, but seeing the books as well. Too. Oh yeah, the the books that I have access to are pretty incredible. Yeah, it was. It was. I wanted to just see like you know, New York City. kind of works that way. You never people have all sorts of different collections and access to books in different ways. So, the unique stories is I think an interesting aspect to it. Yeah. So cool. So what else are you working on? What are, you got any other projects you got going? Uh, just shooting a bunch. Um, I'm actually gonna, working on, going to be in Montana uh, at the end of this month, uh, shooting a bunch of pictures. So hopefully they'll make it into my work. All, all large, <laughs> a large format, right? Uh, mixture, large format, and digital uh, stitched together pictures. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, because I'm kind of working on making large format pictures using the digital process. Oh, nice, nice. Mixing it all together. Yeah, yeah. I found that I could make sort of large format pictures and still give it, you know, the space of large format pictures if I stitched pictures together. Cool. Sort of gives it a, a wider view without the distortion and it has some space. I don't... There's a certain magic to it that I don't quite comprehend myself, but that's sort of the beauty of it. Yeah, go out and like make it and find out. Well, yeah. Do you find yourself being in a place longer when you shoot that way versus? Oh yeah, for sure. It takes quite a bit more time, and there's some like quirky little fun things that happen in the process. You notice things that you wouldn't had if you just took one and kept going. Oh yeah, Yeah. definitely. It, It makes you slow down a lot more and really concentrate on all the elements of the picture more so than if you just took a shot even more than if i'm just shooting large format well thanks again for having us over man it's great great to kind of see the books and like connect with someone who was able to find them and yeah i was really glad to be able to share them i mean it's especially the papa george book which is it it's so good in my opinion it has so many different things going on in it that i'm happy to be able to share with somebody well now me and tom are gonna go and try to find some of the spots right yeah i i picked out some spots there i think we can find it all right thanks again man yeah no problem And I was very excited to talk about photography books again, even though that is not our, our main concept or course. Well, when I, w- I went back, listened to it, and I thought we were we were back in the LPV show. So it, it does, you know, I'm all for calling back things. And, and, and the books and talking to the people are part of this investigation. And it started out with Matthew Shenning and trying to find 
that Friedlander Olmsted book. We went back to see that connection where you can put up the call and then he comes and he shows us. And now I'm like, what's the importance of the, the Friedlander Olmsted book? I've been back to Central Park multiple times, or a couple times now since. And I, you know, last time I went, I bought the map of Central Park. So now I got like nice map of Central Park hanging up right behind you, in fact. <laughs> it's not just a map of the park. It, it's a map of all the different trees and plants. It shows you where to find them. I know. So I've never of, seen a plant map like that. But part of the problem, and this is one of the things with these, with the ritualistic nature of the walks, is what I'm starting to learn is that like I want to be able to memorize the walk, and I think Central Park, because it has so many kind of like iconic, um, you know, pieces to it and, and destinations that you, it's it, it makes for a perfect platform for trying to to memorize one of these walks, and like it gets very performative which we'll exp- end up expanding on later, but I'm, I'm into that, you know, ritualized part of it, as like I said, and I think, um, you know, the design of it just like, like leads to that. So it was, that was kind of like the fascination of like Olmsted and then, whoa, it meets like photography. So like going in and, and meeting Matthew was, you know, like a perfect kind of like synergy between the new thing that we're doing now with the walking and then like the old LPV, photo book stuff. And I think we got a, you know, a very good vibe to that. And, but now we got to find the clues, you know, the clues and definitely remembering talking about like the Emerald necklace. And I know we've had a couple conversations about like, Hey, I don't know, maybe we can go and explore Boston <laughs> at some stage down the line, you know, maybe not anytime soon, but there's some trains that go there. Exactly. So it's a whole... You've been talking about walking there, too. Yeah. I mean, I have to do an extended long walk at some point. I think that it kind of opens itself up to it. You know? I just get hung up on where we would stay along the way, but maybe that would be part of the whole journey anyway. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So Boston is definitely a clue, Tom. There's a clue. Boston and the Emerald Necklace and the walking to Boston. Mm-hmm. We've got... It's in the the idea is formulating and it's it's going to grow and I guarantee you, as we continue on, we are going to find more clues to Boston for sure. <laughs> well, if you're looking for them, you're more inclined to well, find. Well, yes. So now it's 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 our train of thought. But there's also Central Park too performances because you have Shakespeare in the park. Like it's a performative place. You know, people go. You know, you're going to be seen and like all sorts of people from the, the city go people there. People playing tourists. saxophone under the bridge. Exactly, exactly. Street performers all over the place. So I've been going back to it and being there, and I feel like it is, you know, it is a stage. It is a, a performance, but it's this beautifully sculpted um, stage, you know. I don't know. I have this kind of, like, back and forth that I go with Central Park. So I mean, parts of it are just kind of, like, touristy like obscene and kind of grotesque but then there's the gothic bridge and the gothic bridge desire path man like (laughs) i i went when i went back i was so excited about this and like it's a it's a it's a desire path that's just being formed and like you can see and i got a great picture of it with the mamiya but the gothic bridge desire path so you know putting all these different things together on these walks and kind of finding the these you know, uh, I don't want to say like unseen pedestrian infrastructure, but like you, I would say more hidden parts of it that um, 
it's kind of like the crux of like what I'm doing on some of these projects. Sounds a little nutty, but well, you know. it's like lifting up a rock rather than just stepping on it to get somewhere. Yeah, and it again goes back to Jenny O'Dell and being um, very hyper local and, and and just more present in your immediate surroundings at all time. And um, you know, you could again, you could probably stand on one corner of one. Uh, part of the city all day and what you would see and experience in that one day would, you know, could be one of the most unique experiences you've ever had just because it's very specific and very, um, you know, uh, attentive to, to those specifics. And I think there's, that's the beauty is in that is in like the attentiveness and the specificity, you know, and the ritualistic nature of it. Well, people describe the energy of New York that, that come here to visit, and I'm often mm-hmm. reminded when I when I meet people like this, whether I'm working or it's talking to someone that's not living here, mm-hmm. and they're so enthralled by the energy. And I think it's something that when you live here, you it's exhausting. Yeah, but it <laughs> like, definitely is exhausting. You but- lose you lose sight of it in a way, and then it, it takes someone to remind you, like, yeah, it's not like this everywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, but I also think to me, first you either take it for granted, or um, I think really, like, I don't know, owning owning the experience is like I'm here, I'm going to make it my own. Mm-hmm. Like, and I feel like that's yes. kind of a turn that I've made. It's like Central Park is for me just as much as it is for anyone else. But I, you know, my taxes pay for part of it. Like, I need to take what's my experience of it. Like, that doesn't mean yours is going to be the same or anyone else is going to be the same. Like, what what we can show is like here's here's the path that we went through it and like we were very specific on the things like the face in the rock at the at the blockhouse and like the ritualistic nature of like the the you know finding the spots the gothic bridge desire path sure. you know new york city is a place of shared experiences mm-hmm. more than most places exactly you like know you're I, sharing it with strangers more than you would in in most of america i think what else i noticed the last time was you know you have the name that's on the bench and you can, it's, it's something like $6,000 for X amount of months that you can buy to get your name on a bench. So I found this bench. Um, I went to a bench that was at the John Lennon um, Imagine, right? And there's always people around the Imagine thing. And I stood on the bench and I was like observing these people. And I was like, it was these couple, probably tourists. I don't want to presume, could have been anyone, but it was a couple and they're kind of milling around. I was like, all right, the moment this couple leaves is when I take the picture. And I stood there and you wait and I was watching. So you're kind of observing them, but you're not like, you don't want to be creepy about it, right? But they're, you know, in your peripheral vision and seeing them. And then they're there for two or three minutes. And I was like, man, how long are they going to be here? And then they finally left. And I was like, oh crap, I got to take the picture right now. So I know it's kind of a, you know, obnoxious conceptual type of like photograph, but there is something about being in that space at that time on that specific bench. Um, and saying, I'm going to take this picture at this particular time. And then I want to do that over and over again. So there is, you know, again, in that repeatability and that ritualistic part of it is definitely. Are they going to have to add another plaque for you on this bench? Well, I don't know if you're going to have. <laughs> Brian Formals to... would come here every and day. at this. Take the weird. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, that's. But you know what else? So you know, Matt, we got to follow up with Matthew Shenning because he went to Montana and he said he was going to make a bunch of these pictures digitally stitching them, and like, what if 
Matthew Shedding went to Montana, and in one of those pictures, there's either like a pedestrian bridge or there's like a desire path. Or, or a something face like on a rock. Or a face on the rock. <laughs> so we have to follow up with Matthew Shenning. And you said, Tom, you said you were going to find the pictures in the Papa George book. Oh, yeah. And you were going to go, yeah. you were going to go and, and re-photograph them. Have you done that? In the future. <laughs> so will you say on this to, to everyone listening that you are going to pursue this project and you will come back with something? <laughs> I feel like I'm an endorsing a candidate. <laughs> I will take those pictures. All right, good. So we'll, we have some things to follow up. So we're back in Greenpoint and we're at the residence of Olia, co-founder of 10 by 10 photo books, photo book critic, writer for Collector Daily. And you've invited us into your apartment to take a look at some books. So thank you very much for having us over. We appreciate it. Thank you guys for coming over to my mansion. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, so co-founder 10 by 10, you guys have put out four books now, and the last one was a pretty big hit. The last one is called uh, How We See, Photo Books by Women, and we published it actually a year ago, last uh, October, end of October. It was really well received. It was, it's an amazing book. I own it. It's a very good um, history, a lot of like eclectic mix of books a lot of ones that kind of flew under the radar and are getting the attention now they deserve and it was i think a lot of people in the photo photo industry really kind of like caught their attention with that one we are very happy with the way the project came out and basically it features 100 photo books by women selected by 10 women who are experts or knowledgeable about photo books so that's really cool how you guys curate. You curate the books that way, and then you have the reading rooms you do, and then, of course, the salons. And the salons, I've attended a good number of them. Um, and you have a whole bunch more planned for the fall, and early next year, you kind of do, what, maybe one or two a month do you do? Yeah, we do about, like, one one or two a month. It depends who's, who's around, who's in New York what's happening, uh, but basically it's like informal conversation with photographers, publishers, curators, and about bringing together a community of people around photo books. Yeah, it's always a really interesting conversation, good books to look at, but you do have to get on the, the email list. To, that's true. That's true, you got it, so sign up, go to the 10 by 10 site and we'll link to it. Make sure that you sign up, get on the email list if you're in New York, attend one of the salons. Um, also check out your new site, you got to refurbished website looks great with a whole archive of all the salons and all the books on there thank you yes we finally upgraded our website it has all the information about what we do all the projects and of course all the salons that we had in the past cool so we're on a quest in our new show to uncover photo books about new york and about walking and psychogeography and there's just i feel there's nothing um like going and looking at someone's bookshelf and just spotting those books, you know, kind of like that stick out to you. Um, you can't always do it because the spine isn't always give it away. And like sometimes you got to pull them off the shelf. But I think, you know, I came over here and we weren't necessarily sure which ones you're going to talk about. But I spotted right off the bat, I spotted Mapping New York. And this is just an amazing book. And you said it was from an exhibition a couple years ago. I think the exhibition was maybe almost 10 years ago now at the New York Public Library. And it's all about maps on maps of New York City. Was it in the map room? No, it was at the major 
uh, exhibit space in the first oh. room, but they pull out a lot of maps from their map room collection. Oh. Yeah, we should, I mean, <laughs> we should go to the map room. You have to go. They yeah. have an incredible collection of maps of New York and beyond. I think they have maybe like one million, maybe. Wow. Yeah, this is there. So paging through, just I, I would need to take a deeper dive into. But there's like so many incredible maps that go all the way back. But then also a lot of new, kind of a, a, um, digital maps. The way they're kind of you know being integrated into how we use our smartphone smartphones now. Obviously with big data to be able to extract data and like it's all stuff that we're very interested in. And so I want to like take a deeper look at this because I bet there's some pretty cool ideas in here in terms of like, you know, walkability and, you know, figuring out like historical paths and like, um, you know, things. there's a lot of statistical maps as well. They're not all yeah. physical maps. Yeah. Yeah. So different, it's something that we're trying to explore. And then in this, you know, in our show here is, um, you know, different ways of how technology and maps kind of impact the way you, you know, explore and experience the city. This is very cool. Um, so definitely we'll link to that, check it out. And so the next one we had was, and this was from one of the salons that I remember, and I was at this salon, and it's called Flat Finish by Stefan Keppel. And um, I remember him presenting at the book, or at the, the salon, what I most remember is that he had a recording with it as well too. It was very electronic, ambient, um, kind of fast paced, but um, it was really cool. So he has this he has this music that accompanies the book. This is kind of a tough book to explain. Although I think at the salon it was a different book. Oh really? Because this one came out after. I'm pretty sure. Maybe the one at the salon was in Paris. Oh yeah, but yeah, kind yeah. Uses the same style. Of That's exploring true. and photographing. Yeah, so the Paris one was, I think, about the perimeter, perimeter circle around Paris. This is, um, obviously, this was the New York version, but it's, from looking at it, it's kind of like all the very detailed aspects of the street, you know, like the different types of, like, architecture and the, the te- I would say the texture of the city, the texture, really. Yeah. And it's also interesting that the book cover, it's absolutely, it's like white, with like a little bit of a black line i don't mm-hmm. know but it, you can feel the texture it's raised so it I looks exactly like painters take. Like talking about the texture of the city and the book design like plays with it a lot but he digs into archives too this isn't all so it's not all um photos yeah, he made from the archives so yeah. he pulls he does the research in archives so it's a mix of his own photos all black and white um so it's very kind of eclectic and i think he xeroxes like he xeroxes them right like he sometimes Mm, I think so too, yeah. yeah. And it's black and white, it's like a lot of pages. I don't know what, how many, 300? Yeah, it's, it's very dense. Big. It's a dense yeah. book. <laughs> but this to me is it, um, I love it just because it, make, it immediately makes you feel a different version of New York City. So, you know, kind of like partly mediated, partly like unseen. And like, yeah, the density of the book kind of reflects the de- densities of the texture of the city, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's one of those books where I don't, there's not going to be a clear narrative path to it, but it feels very like a psychogeography book. Like you're in, you're in his, his version of New York City. Well, so much of the city has been seen and walked over and trodden on, and a lot of these seem to be very 
processed and rephotographed so you you get those textures and it kind of you know it's like dirty like new york <laughs> yeah yeah so that's a really cool book we'll link to that make sure to check it out um i think this one is it's kind of in a similar vein and this is daniel shea 4315 10th street and i own this book as well and it's um basically looking at all of the um, newer buildings that are going up in this specific area of long island city and I live right outside of Long Island City. You used to live in Long Island City. And you can kind of like, you know, we've been here, I've been here 10 years. And you can kind of really see how Long Island City is changing. And um, I think he kind of takes that, takes a really in-depth look at that. So this is a very, like, he did a lot of research on the book. Did a lot of his own photographing. Um, but it also references... If you can remind me it's a reference to to brasilia yeah to brasilia yes exactly so he's kind of making a comparison contrast I don't, this one's a this book daniel shea is very he's very one of the more intelligent photographers that are thinking about these kind of urban spaces and i'll be honest like a couple times i went through and i was like i don't 100 get this you know yeah, it's true but as you kind of like spend more time with it things become like you're like wow this is really incredible and this is also very smart and he is not only an incredible photographer but a very good researcher yes and that's um just adding that extra layer to it you know you can always kind of tell that obsessive kind of research and how it just informs the work and I think you're right. I think I need to look at it a little bit more, different mindset and, and experience it a little bit different. Um, but again, it's the same thing with Keppel's book. There's a lot on, you know, the texture too. Um, he plays around with it in a lot of different ways though, because he shoots a lot of different types of images. As you'll see through the flip through. So it's if you if you're gonna buy this one, I have a feeling this is the one that you're gonna probably have to page through a few different times. But I, it's it's one of the better books that I've seen in the last couple of years. Um, the ones that I bought where I've just been kind of like, wow. Yeah, I agree. I think it's probably like one of the best books published last year. It's also had like great layout. Yeah. It's a lot of images superimposed and um, it's very playful and dynamic. Yeah, he's definitely, he's with the, there's the they say the um, galactic brain like he's really looking at it from as that highest vantage point through his like you know it's it's all yeah the, the layout of the book the research there's just multiple like layers to it so cool definitely worth I don't know this one might be sold out I don't even know if you can I, get it anymore I think it, it is definitely sure that sold one, out that one's tough to get you might be able to buy it maybe on eBay I don't know maybe <laughs> okay. uh, so the next one isn't about New York, but it's a book I own. And when I saw it on your shelf, I was like, oh, yeah, that's 100% a walking book. That's psychogeography. That's for sure. And it's The Traverse Path by Mike Slack. Um, and he's done a lot of specific books. I know he did one on where he just does one walk. Like he was in New Orleans, I believe it was. And he's got a series of them, and I'll link to these, um, where he just it's one day, one walk. And... It, went out of books i had a conversation with him at the new york art book fair and we talked a lot about walking so he's at some point maybe we'll have mike slack come in and talk about it but this is um this book is really 
it's kind of like how he interprets you know nature on this kind of like his psychological walk like it's his you know his version of you know putting it together you don't know it's not a specific location um I, maybe the back says you know where he shot it but it's really not about like you know this is about one specific place it's really about um how nature kind of intersects you know with your visual with the way you see the world while you're on the walk and it's really like those kind of intrusions of nature and those things that stick out which is really i think of them as detail shots yeah if someone hired me to shoot something like this they would have they would ask for detail yeah shots. it's it's a vague term but it's you don't get the full context in most of these situations and it and that's also what what makes them yeah exactly also the way he uses light is so beautiful yeah yeah it just yeah it's always very it's very kind of like those illuminated moments you know probably just that split second captures it and he's off to the next one but yeah it's a very lyrical beautiful colors um and he's i think he reminds me a lot of like ed pinar and jason fulford right mm-hmm. like and the way they kind of um, conceive of their books, and it's really about you know specific edit, you know, and sequencing. It's Mike Slack, first path, and last but not least, another one that I own. That's three, three of them that we both own. That's kind of interesting. Um, and this is uh, Daisuke Yakota and Yoshi Kamatani. Yoshi's been, was on the old LPV show a few times, as was Olia, and we'll link to both of those episodes. And this is their book, Clausen, which they collaborated on in Bedstay, right? Mm, I think so, right? Yeah, I think they made it all in Bedstay, and they got together, and they each shot roaming the streets. And this one's very, again, texture, right? Like black and white. Um, on the dark side. Yeah, on the dark side. Um, a lot of portraits where you can't really see who the person is. They're obscured um, or blacked out portions of them. And then very detailed abstract shots of, you know, concrete and the different textures up from the street. So it's, it's, it's kind of opposite of the Mike Slack book, you know, where it's color and light. And this is really about dark and, like, you know, gritty, but still very lyrical in the same way. So it's, it is that, you know, you can feel that journey through through the streets, but it's a different, it's through definitely a different set of eyes, you know. And this was, um, I mean, all of Yakota's books sell out, don't they? He's like very collectible. He makes so many of them. Oh, I think he made like 60 maybe. 60 books already? Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, this one I think was in a small edition of maybe 100 copies and mm. published four years ago. But maybe it's still available, I don't know. Well, I have it. Oh, what, this is the Sun book? Yeah. Oh yeah, it was Sun. Yeah. Yes, you might be able to check and we'll link out to the Sun. Um, we had the Sun guys on, Corey and Charlie, in the past. Um, so yeah, that's a nice, that's a, that's a good little set of books. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, that's fun of collecting books that people can come and you can, you know, look at the books together. Do you ever do share. that? Do you ever go? Do you ever just go to someone's house to pull books off their photo books off their shelf? I think it's more often that people come here and I'm like, let me show you something new. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, that's so you kind of have your own little personal photo book salons. <laughs> I do. Maybe you need a podcast. 
They were visit, visiting all these collections. I always thought there would, that is kind of a cool, and that's why we're doing it this way, is like going to people's spaces and interacting with them. Like on the old LPV show, people would bring the books, and that was a certain experience, but there's something like seeing them on the shelf and sitting in their space where the books actually live and, and you know, have a nice little conversation with them. So definitely, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. have to go back to the map room like i want to go we never to... win the first place that's true <laughs> why are you talking I, about I it think like we've been to some map room in my head hey it, your room is becoming a map room my here. room is becoming in my head we went to the the new york public library map room and i actually did a google search on it and like because i knew i was like it does exist right and i have now i'm like i have to go but it was because of olia and seeing that book of the maps that my room is becoming like my own map room so we, this is we the gotta clue. have some things in mind we can't just show up and be like uh, we heard you got some maps here well you have to make an appointment i know but what are we which i don't know Tom. We have to think about what maps we're looking well, for. I'm looking for old maps to Central Park. I'm looking for maps of like anything to do with the pedestrian bridges or Robert Moses and like the the where he was gonna build the friggin' highways, what happened before, like all of that shit. You should stuff. record us looking through the catalog of maps that they have. Can we? Do you have the internet on your computer machine? <laughs> well, I guess. So we should <laughs> Yes. So we're gonna go to the, we gotta like this what is are we, yeah, what are we what are we going there for? The That's what they're going to ask us when we get there. Because we're doing a project on pedestrian infrastructure in New York City. I want to see historical maps of pedestrian infrastructure in New York City, specifically tied to like the pedestrian bridges, the footbridges, the parks, the greenways, all that kind of stuff. Does that exist? Well, that's why we would go to find out. <laughs> that's the whole point. I would assume like it exists in New York City, which has like you know probably some of the best pedestrian infrastructure in the entire world like like that just doesn't happen like they built it for that reason you know Olmsted thought about those things like um going back to Olmsted but like yes the map room I'm going to the map room all right but also like I've been getting these books from the Queen's Library the atlases Mm -hmm. so the atlas yeah I was just browsing uh the historical atlas of New York City a visual celebration of 400 years of New York City's history yeah, exactly. It was a lot of fun. Exactly. Like, I'm a very visual person, so seeing different eras and times and ideas and peoples represented in map form was, was very enjoyable. I know. And then Nonstop Metropolis, which is um, you know Garnett Connerton and um, Rebecca Solnit, um, put that one together. And that, that one's much more intense than this book. <laughs> yeah, it's, so this one is... Sorry, I had to get it, but it's like Rebecca Solna, Joshua um, Jelly Shapiro, and it's Nonstop Metropolis, New York City Atlas. It came out a couple of years ago, and like it's blown my mind. It's an amazing book. It's mostly known, I think, for Rebecca Solnit, um, where they gave the um, historical, um, like women of historical significance in New York City. They named them the uh, for the New York City subway stop. So each one has, they renamed the, the subway stops a historical New York. Such um, as? Well, Tom, you're going to make me open up the book, and I don't know exactly where the hell it is. So do, 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 do. <laughs> um, City of Women. So it's City of Women is the name of the essay, and it's on page 85. And 
Ta-da. So you have Gertrude Waldire at the end of the F train. Um, what, wait, what? What stop? The last stop. It's called the Gertrude Waldire stop. That's the name of it. I don't uh, know what it is. Mary J. Blige ends the one train. So you have Carly Simons on the one line as well, too. Yeah, exactly. So, I so look if at, I got off the F at Stillwell Avenue, I would see something to the effect of it being Gertrude stop? Yeah, exactly. No, you wouldn't. In this map, you would, but not in real life. That's what I'm saying. She's imagining it as the, the subway stops were named oh, after these women. So the one on my, my actual stop is 52nd Street on the 7 train is named after Estee Lauder. I, I so, like this idea. I'd like this idea. Yeah, it went viral. Like when it came out, it was like a major, major thing to, you know, um, re envision the, the, the entire subway system after, like, you know, historical women. We're going to the, 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 the map room and, like, obviously maps. And that was a big thing. And Olia is very good at that. Like, she'll surprise you um, with stuff. So it's always good to, like, see those, you know, their collections. But also, like, the two other books, too. Um, you know, How many people can fit in the map? Is she going with us? I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. We'll have to figure that out. But also, like, Daniel Shea's book on LIC. Like, I spent a lot of time in LIC because I live in Sunnyside. And... Um, you know, I walked there every day for the, you know, to get on the train, to go to work and, um, been going to Hunter's Point Park South a lot too. So it's uh, one of those books and I still have, it's a very complicated book as we talked about it and, and like, uh, I have to kind of like look at it a few more times, but, um, you're in a period of embracing complexity. Well, there's just a lot of different, there's a lot of new stuff, I think. And I think I need to do, you know, research, uh, you know, and that's a big part of the book aspect of the show is that the doing the research and, and finding the new ideas is just as integral to going out into the field and how it how they inform each other. Research, field, um, you know, connecting with other people too. So of course, hopefully, hopefully we'll get to talk to Olia. And Matthew, both again at some point, but Olya for sure. Has yeah, some ideas. it'd be fun to follow up. Yeah, I know. I don't definitely do. And we, you know, perhaps someday we'll do our own salon where we collect all these books that we are out looking for right now and bring them into one collection for people to, you know, enjoy. So we're, I mean, we're again, yeah, we're in. You can't see where it's going. You gotta like go on the journey. Go on the quest. <laughs> the map quest. Yeah. Embrace the journey. Embrace the journey.